Hello, welcome to the Onsport Gamer. I'm Rob, and today Games Workshop have released the Battle Scroll, which is their quarterly update for Age of Sigmar to, in their words, balance the game. To bring more parity between units and different factions, so you end up with those win rates being a bit closer and we're seeing more unit diversity on the tabletop. Or at least that's what they've said they're generally aiming for. The last Battle Scroll, if you remember, we had in December and we saw updates to Kragnos, which saw a lot more play, updates to Nagash, which sees not as much play, and Archeon, which also sees very little play as well. We also have seen, we saw some points updates to different units, which also feature in this Battle Scroll update, but they weren't really effective and we pretty much saw all of those still on the tabletop. So this Battle Scroll is called The Hunt. Uh, I'm going to just go through all the information for you guys first, and at the end, I'm going to kind of have a breakdown of what I think about the changes. Overall, I'd like to start the entire thing off with saying, though, that it's great that Games Workshop recognizes that there are problem units inside Age of Sigmar. I think that that is a huge positive. Uh, so that's my big ray of sunshine, really, at the start of the video. Like, isn't it great that they've recognized that there are problem units in the game? Okay, so what have they changed? Okay, they've created a new classification for armies and units. A unit can be a priority target, which means if you kill it, then you gain a victory point, which is cool. Same as if you kill a monster, you get a victory point. If you've reinforced the unit, you'll get two victory points. If you've double reinforced the unit, you get three victory points. Now, a priority target can't kill another priority target and get an additional victory point. So there's kind of a balancing mechanism that you can't just get three victory points if you end up using another priority target unit. Games Workshop have effectively realized that there are overpowered or units that are too strong, and so you get additional victory points if you kill them. They've also created Prime Hunters, which is a category or classification for armies. So, and this isn't based on an army keyword. So in the example of Gloomspite Gits, you can insert Kragnos into Gloomspite Gits army and it would still count. So Kragnos could still be in a Prime Hunters army. And Prime Hunters, get an additional victory point if they kill a priority target unit. So overall, I think it's meant to work like this. If a unit is too good, then if you kill it, you get extra victory points. If an army isn't very good, you get extra victory points if you kill the units that are very common and are too good. Okay, so let's take a look at the units and let's talk about why they're too good. Don't forget, I do the Stat Center every Monday, which is where I look at event results from around the world and have done for nearly four years. I do live event coverage from around the world at things like Six Nations and AOS Worlds. Uh, so I would say that I'm fairly plugged into the competitive scene and how people generally play. If you're someone who plays more casually or just plays with your friends, these changes won't overly affect you, which we'll talk about later not being a positive in my opinion. But these are general trends that have existed in Age of Sigmar competitively for a while, whether or not you've kept track or not. And also you can find most of the stats that Games Workshop have taken this information from on thehonestwargaming.com, which is where we host all of the stats, which Games Workshop will have utilized in looking at this information because they don't do any data gathering of their own. So first up is Dracothian Guard Formulators. Formulators are just too cheap for what they do and their war scroll is simply too effective. It has five attacks. Each Dracothian Guard, they come in units of two. They've got five attacks, which do damage three on the charge, which is just amazing. It means you get 15 damage per one or 30 damage potentially from just two Fulminators. They are so, so powerful at dishing out raw damage. Stormdrake Guard can become battle line in a Stormcast Eternals army if you have a Knight Draconis as the general. They are able to utilize a double move mechanic on their war scroll, a shoot twice mechanic on a Knight Draconis's war scroll as well. They do 
great mortal wound shooting they do great combat they've got three up armor saves they've already had two different nerfs we had a change to the minus one to wound aura coming from a command trait we also had a points hike before the models were even released and even still we've seen them flood the tabletops now they haven't dominated the game like we've seen with previous like top end armies like sanesh back in the day or daughters of cain etc um and they've done okay they're more of a 4-1 army but what they definitely go are good at is beating up into the lower tier armies especially when they're so common vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows are able to shoot twice very much like the storm drake guard because of the holy command they can do it from 30 inches away so there's a holy command called thunderbolt volley which exists for stormcast eternals they get to take it for free so a 500 point unit gets to shoot twice basically deleting many things so if you can get to them then you can maybe get a victory point off them they're all worth one victory point so far all of these units but normally you see a unit of two vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows uh sorry a reinforced unit so that would be uh two victory points hurricane spirit of the wind and severus the lord of the seventh wind are wind spirits in the lumineth realm lords faction they both have an ability at the end of the enemy shooting phase they're able to retreat their movement so up to 12 inches this makes them effectively unchargeable which is an faq change that they did last year in second edition really this has meant that this uh, unit has uniquely been able to move block and has break broken some core mechanics which, which very few units are ever able to do they're really strong incredibly mobile very fast uh, have a shooting attack which is very very good and are able to move block stuff bloodstalkers and marathi kane are worth a victory point each now these make up the very famous uh, band and army list marathi and the bow snakes 15 bloodstalkers and marathi marathi has the ability to make them shoot twice it's a command ability and that ability to shoot twice means they're very effective at doing power at range so again very much like everything we've already talked about high mobility or more importantly the ability to project range of power is also a feature of these you could have changed the command ability on any of these that would have been decent but uh, that's what th they've chosen basilodon with solar engine and the salamander hunting pack are what they chose from seraphon basilodon with solar engine is a particularly tanky unit but importantly in thunder lizard where it's most popular it's able to shoot twice the salamander hunting pack is uh, an war scroll efficiency problem what it does and what it does very very well is it does a ton of damage very much like the fulminators it's got a great fighting profile it's got a great shooting profile and it's fairly survivable being hit with being worth one victory point per salamander hunting pack might genuinely be an effect in the meta but that's what they do they're really really effective they've almost doubled in points since they were first released and in my opinion they're still too cheap and being taken in all the army lists that we've seen really does represent that okay moving on to grand alliance destruction the mega boss on more crusher has got the ability to do three command abilities at once which is really really effective he also can move in the hero phase thanks to mighty destroyers and move with the fast and mount trait so you've got a triple moving unit so again the ability to project power at range does some great combat damage but that ability to do three uh, command abilities is also super super key for the mega gargants they have got a lot these are the only ones that are worth two victory points so if you bring down a gatebreaker or a kraken eater they're worth two victory points each and a war stomper is only worth one they've got the ability to hold objectives really really well and the gatebreakers generally tend to be seen as the more competitive choice because they have more damage output moving on to grand alliance chaos we've got bellacor the dark master Kairos fate weaver 
Pink Horrors is the Inch, or Horrors is the Inch, and then Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince with the Mark of Corn. Now, this is just a Legion of the First Prince list, effectively, and it's pretty serious. The effect here is that they want to neuter what is a very competitive army in the Legion of the First Prince. Elicor was often chosen because of its ability to shut down enemy units, especially high-priority pieces. Kairos has got some amazing abilities, specifically his spell Gift of Change, or to be able to choose the result of a dice roll. Kairos is really, really, really effective. And then the Horrors of Zinch got a big po points hike at the Winter FAQ, but they've also now been worth... Pink Horrors are basically a 50-point... Pink Horrors are a 50-wound unit, and that's why they're so problematic to lift off the board. Even with a points hike up to 250 points, I still think that they're particularly good. As someone who owns 60 and ran some at the beginning of Age of Sigma 3, they're very, very competitive as a choice. And doing 50 wounds to them is genuinely a challenge. The Slaves of Darkness Demon Prince, with the Mark of Corn specifically, is an interesting choice. And the reason is, and the Blood Slick Ground command ability means that units within 18 inches have to half their charge move. And this is really good for denying people battle tactics or basically making it so that your army is safe. That's why he's been such a huge and popular ally in lots of Chaos armies, because they really have not had the ability to engage with some of these long-range threat armies. And so instead, what they've done is shut down the opponent's ability to charge them so that they can countercharge. Death didn't get any priority targets, so if you're playing against a Death Faction, there'll be no bonus points for you. Now, Prime Hunters, so these are armies that aren't doing particularly well at the moment and so if they kill any of the aforementioned units so any of the priority targets they'll gain an additional victory point sylvaneth are not doing overly well and there's a huge list of reasons why gloomspike gits are doing the worst in age sigma at the moment the uruk warclans bone splitters are also doing quite badly the heat knights of slash and skaven for chaos and then for death there's night haunt and osiarch bone reapers Okay, so what I wanted to do was analyze exactly how I felt about this change. And I need to let you guys know this is the first time I've done this, but like I have some reasons in the way that I approached it. One of the things that's really important to me and it's really important to the Honest Wargamer is that you guys have fun in your miniature tabletop games. It's always been like kind of the key thrust of everything I've done, whether it be live coverage or doing tournament reports or whatever it might be. One of the reasons I think that that's so important is because those games are fun like they're the reason that we get up or like we go and see our friends there they help us make friends they help us go to these events i think event gaming is super fun and i think it's really really positive it's been one of the most positive human reactions i think i've really had in my life like i meet great people i've got lifelong friends and i think it's really good so the more equity that you get for the kind of warring philosophies that sometimes are at events people who just want to have fun and people who want to win people who want to make friends people who just want to get drunk whatever the situation being able to make it so that there's as much parity between those people as possible seems like something i i've always been really keen on doing now that might seem a bit high mind high-minded looking at just some changes for a game system but behind these changes for a game system are real people who spent considerable amounts of money and time being vested in a hobby that they deeply care about and they love a lot and so when i'm looking at the pros and cons i hope you guys kind of have that in your head that one of the things that i'm trying to speak for and think about is how best to go about doing the changes that maybe games which i'm trying to do but are going to affect the people who i want to affect which is basically everyone so let's talk about the pros shall we okay so games workshop recognizing there are problem units pro they understand that there are problem units they look at the units and they think those units are a problem good excellent 
really happy with that. Next up, Games Workshop seem to be willing to allocate some time and resources to do something about those problem units. Also excellent. Big tick. Love that. Love that they're trying to do something about it. Really, really good. Games Workshop are communicating with their player base about the game and about the problem units. Also great. They're not burying their head in the sand. They're not saying that there's no data. They're not pretending none of it exists. They're just like, oh, it's fine. They're, they're actively doing something about the game system. They are trying new things. That's true. They are trying new things. Um, like there's loads to unpack with that, but they are trying new things. That's a positive. It's better than plus or minus 10 points. What I mean by that is we had some pretty ineffective point changes in the winter FAQ just gone. In fact, generally we tend to have ineffective point changes most of the time. Uh, they aren't anywhere near heavy handed enough with lots of the points changes or more importantly, they're not good enough with the points changes, I think is fair. It lets you build a really fun narrative around hunters and priority targets. There's a really famous guy called Ian Spink who used to play Bone Splitters. He had a list of all of the monsters in the mortal realms, and because he played Bone Splitters and they hunted monsters at the time, he'd tick them off at a tournament. He could only kill them at a tournament, and he would tick them off. Oh, I've killed myself on Marathia, I've killed myself on Charybdis. And so he would hunt the lands. So you could create a really fun game and story for yourself in that. In the next three months, can you kill all of the priority targets? There'll be lots of them, so probably. It's also a subtle change, which, relating to my other point of plus or minus 10 points, it's fairly nuanced, I guess. I don't feel like that's exactly right. I feel, more importantly, that what it is, or, or what it does, is it, it doesn't really change anything at all. But I guess some people feel like knee-jerk, heavy-handed responses feel a little bit much, which they have in the past done so. And the Sinesh Battle Tome, I guess, is an example of that. Although I don't really think that that's an example of, like, double nerfs. I think that's just an example of, of, of poor acumen and the ability to write rules. And also, it's going to make a big difference in very close games. Now, I'm not sure if this was a pro or con, so that's why it's last on my list. And the reason for that is, is because those close games are going to be very based on decisions you make, some dice rolls, some other other little elements and maybe the units you chose to be in your army be that uh, like a narrative event or a, a more casual event let's say um losing you the game just because those are the models you liked feels maybe a little bit bad but i guess also on the flip side of that if you take down the big baddies that is the dragons uh or, or whatever the big baddies are i don't necessarily think it is the dragons but if you take down the big baddie i guess that does mean that you get that kind of like small victory which is fun so it's in the it's in the pros i'm going for pros okay on to cons and i have tried to prefix this with any kind of point that i thought was was valid for the the positives coming out of this for me i don't think this does very much at all so i want to go through those cons and i want to talk about why i i feel that way number one it's more bookkeeping the game is fairly heavy on bookkeeping. It's not necessarily 40k. It's more than it used to be in Age of Sigmar 2, definitely. With battle tactics and other elements, bookkeeping feels like it's a little bit more. And I guess this is an additional thing to remember, which is tough if you're a casual gamer. Not very difficult if you're a tournament gamer because you're looking for all those points anyway. The next up is they, they don't really recognize why the problem units are problem units as i discussed with you going through the units right, there's a pretty consistent theme the ability to project power at range very consistently or being able to double tap shooting units or fighting units feels like a really obvious problem that they could do something about that doesn't require some convoluted overlay to add on top of it 
they seem very identifiable either something's too points effective or it's got a rule that really could be addressed and that really moves on to my next point which effective war scroll changes and points changes are in my opinion the correct way to go about doing this and the reason that i think that this is true is because there's been examples of this time and again in age sigma when we've had effective war scroll changes like for instance kragnos recently is as an example where he had his war scroll changed and just having the ability to make destruction units charge 3d6 has mean he's featured in lots of different lists now all the time even taking squigs to a 5-0 over in america effective war scroll changes make units better and or worse or more importantly they change how they operate inside of a game which is really good and games workshop are god in this situation and this is a, a fun story that i got told but if there was a plane crashing balance update does feel like you're giving out parachutes when really you're god games workshop are god they can change the rules and they can stop the plane from crashing they don't need to hand out parachutes it's really a community comp sort of thing where the parachutes are given out by us. We change terrain rules because Games Workshop haven't done them. Uh, we create the differential system as a secondary system uh, so that you can have larger events and you can still have a clear winner. It feels like it's something we've done because we don't have access to change rules or change points because we generally as a community don't tend to do that. As a community, we don't do much community comp. The war scroll changes and point changes can be very effective. Think about your favorite unit, whatever that favorite unit might be. If it was 50 points, and if it was a thousand points it's really simple they don't do effective points changes the winter faq is an example these plus 10 minus points are never good enough that relates to my last point where i really don't think they have the acumen or the ability to recognize what the problems are or and weirdly they don't seem to have the willingness to want to approach the correct way to fix these problems it also doesn't affect interactions and this is really quite key a war scroll change would change an interaction a unit that did damage three going down to damage two as an example would mean that it did less damage so if you repeatedly fought let's say a unit of squigs versus formulators that unit of formulators would now just do on average less damage this is an effective way to change the interaction between how those two units play in the current system or in the new system that they've just produced having that unit of formulators still does the same amount of damage for the same amount of points into that unit of squigs there's no interacting change they've done nothing to affect the game state the only thing that might happen is i might get a victory point if i could kill those units but if i could effectively kill those units anyway then i would be beating those units and i wouldn't need any sort of balance changes so it doesn't really affect me in a positive at all also the powerful units will also be fighting each other therefore the priority target units probably will be fighting each other which means that they won't get bonuses against each other so there really is no real change in the top of the game and this is really important for the next part which is something that's very very important to me on a personal level it really benefits the top gamers and it doesn't benefit casual gamers and this is super important because I would say 80% of players are probably casual gamers. I would think a lot of the Honest Wargamer audience, you guys, probably are more on the competitive end. You're tournament goers. I do a lot of tournament coverage. I do tournament work. It makes sense that you and I are more tournament orientated than necessarily your average kind of like uh, player. I would think, though, that we're in the minority and the casual gamers who play l local games, 500 point tournaments, 1000 point path to glory things, all those things are a different group of people and their interactions as i talked about previously haven't changed they've spent x amount of money on unit x or y playing into each other and those interactions still haven't changed at all 
this feels like a huge negative because this is the opportunity to make it so that things that we spent valuable money on have changed in effectiveness against each other so bringing some sort of parity to our casual games those casual gamers won't necessarily even understand or recognize where the problem necessarily lies and hopefully they've avoided buying the units but the problem is is it's so easy to grab the information of what's good a question i get asked lots dms youtube comments twitter posts all the time a question i get asked very often is what's good makes sense to tell them what's good i think what they really mean is what's effective what gives me a good opportunity to play games what makes it so that i can beat my opponents because it's a game you playing your friend well, i mean my friends i want to beat more than i want to beat regular people truth be told so it does make sense that one of the things that you want to do is you want to find out what's good so you probably buy those and it means that there's no real parity to bring those those things down it also doesn't affect stuff for people who love their army if you're a long time uh corn player let's say or you're a gloomspike gits player i don't really think that this has had any effective change in how well your army is going to perform on the tabletop the problem with that is, is that means that you love that army. That's your army. You've edge highlighted every single, absolutely every single blood letter. You've edge highlighted every single line on a Karajan Overlord boat. Yeah, this doesn't really add much to your way of dealing with those problem units. It potentially gives you some bonus victory points, maybe if you can kill them. Were you losing by just a little bit? It's a great question. It's why the fact that it's subtle is in the pros column. But for me, I think that it doesn't do enough. And it really benefits the top players. I know. I speak to them all the time. I interview them. I talk to them. They're my friends. We go to tournaments. I look at their lists at the weekends. They are just looking at ways to get bonus victory points now. It allows them to find ways to crush the bottom more than it does necessarily affect them at the top. It also has no scaling on the points. Like, there's no parity in the points, which I find to be very, very odd. Marathi, an unkillable god, is the same as a Bastilladon. It doesn't really make much sense. Each one's worth a victory point. And also, they put Marathi's War Scroll on there and not the Shadow Queen. So, does the Shadow Queen get me bonus points if I kill one of the priority targets? So, there are some really, uh, like, odd interactions with the scaling. A Mega Gargan is worth two, sure, but 50 Pink Horrors is worth one, and I still have to do 50 damage to one, and I have to do 35 damage to the other. So the scaling feels odd, and the points values seem odd as well. Which really does tie in with the final point, is that there is going to be a lot of unintended consequences. Warhammer is complicated. I feel bad for the game designers in lots of different ways. They probably don't get paid what they're worth. They probably aren't resourced by a company who makes millions of pounds enough time or people to be able to bring these projects to bear. Most likely, there's people who do this job because they love the job. And so my heartfelt thanks for doing everything you can to try to produce this game as much as possible. I would like to see Games Workshop, the decision makers, produce more resources and available funds for those groups of people to be able to bring us a better game because the unintended consequences are going to be pretty pretty shocking we were going into a new meta after the idnet deepkin and fire slayer drop with potentially some very interesting new games we have idnet deepkin bringing some real hurt to shooting heavy armies while also being a shooting army and an always strikes first army that will guaranteed shake up the way this game plays and now they get bonus victory points against all of the top meta picks. So is that just going to mean that those top meta picks aren't taken? Or does this just mean Idnet Deepkin's 
big positive win rate that it's about to get is going to go through the roof and we aren't really going to be able to understand why and nor games workshop be able to understand why they won't know what those numbers mean or why those consequences have occurred they've added an additional paradigm onto their game without really understanding what those consequences are going to be or what effect they're going to have or how to pass it from the main data that they get in win rates between war scrolls that have just got points uh, and uh, rules so they've added a layer of complexity on top to an already existing game system and they had all of the levers that they needed to pull I think a lot of people will say that they think it's an interesting way of being able to balance a game like it's something new it's something interesting they're thinking it through but they already had all of the tools available and they've often not used those tools and they haven't used them effectively at all and i do think that this is the main rub that i have this is the second balanced data slate we've had they've given writing war scrolls and doing points one go and that's it and now there's a new system on top of it so all in all in conclusion I really don't think that this is going to do much for competitive play. You may see less salamanders. I'm going to go that. I'm going to put that out there. I think that that could be true. You're already seeing less gargants, so maybe you'll see less. Maybe a lot of this has got less to do with the actual information, and it's all about perceived value. A good example of this would be Lumineth Realm Lords, who had a 20-point uptick on their Sentinels, which were key in their builds in Age of Sigmar 3. This meant that we generally saw less Lumineth Realm Lords. However, when players who were particularly good did end up using Lumineth Realm Lords they were still able to win because 60 points isn't actually a lot on a unit of 30 sentinels not for how effective they are effectiveness of war scrolls and points feel like the two main levers Games Workshop should be using to change and balance their game especially when they haven't done a great job up until now and so it's weird to add something else in I guess it's interesting which is fun I enjoy the fact that it's interesting it is it allows me to think things through design some slightly different lists that can manipulate how i score those additional points which is good for someone like me but i think for maybe just the average player probably wouldn't want just some additional rules just because and instead i would really just love a digital rule book that you produce that has all the information in that would be really sweet that would be the right way to approach the game and why should you do that? Well, I think producing a better game that we all talk about is going to be incredibly positive for you as a company. If I have a play and that would be my play, it would be really important for you as a company to produce a game that we want to shout about all the time. Now, we want to shout about it anyway. So probably it doesn't matter. You're probably onto a winner because whatever you do, we're just going to accept it. And I guess that's the end of the story. Uh, if you've enjoyed uh, me talking about this, then please do leave some comments below and like. That always super helps. If you listen to this as a podcast, then thanks very much. Um, and you can join my Patreon. Uh, these are all my Patreons right here. Thanks to our newest Patreons since our last video, Kieran Bailey, JS, Law, Andrew, Niels, and Evelina. It's really appreciated. And thanks to everyone who joins our Patreon. Thank you to our biggest boss, Scott Reed, who's our biggest patron, Ben O'Rourke and James Fryer for being warlords. And then thank you to our big bosses, Adam Blake, Ziggy, Andy Burton, Angle, Chris Welfare, Nathan, Philip Smith, Sean McKenney, Squeaks McGee, Tim Porter, Tom Gilboy, Colin Cocaine, Donald Taylor, Francis Morin, Kenny Lull, and Mark Hat. Thanks for listening to The Honest Wargamer. See you guys soon. Have a great day.